0: And today we're going to complete the series, "Multiplies." I mentioned earlier. And uh, last week, Pastor Brand talked about multiplication is risky business. That was a great word. Did you all enjoy that word? You got to take a risk to do something for God. Amen? And uh, today I want to talk to you about increasing your spiritual fruitfulness. How many of you would like to be more fruitful for the Lord? This is like an IQ question. If you don't say I do, something's wrong with you spiritually, right? How many of you would like to do more for Jesus? Let me see your hands. Amen. You know, I think everybody wants to do something great for God. Everybody wants to be fruitful. But you know what? I believe that sometimes we're not confident that we can be fruitful for God. We are not confident that God can use us. And so today I want to encourage you to increase your expectation. You know, God years ago decided that he would come up with a plan on how he'd reach the world. And you know what his plan is in reaching the world? It's using you and I. That's his plan. And he's not planning on going to a a plan B. This is his plan, and he's sticking to it, and he's saying, I want to use you. I want to use you. I want to use every one of you in this place. I want to use you to help me reach the world with my love and with my grace. Amen? I think everyone in this room can be fruitful. Do you all believe that? So as we begin today, I want to talk to you about increasing our spiritual fruitfulness. And I want to begin by reading a passage of scripture in John 15 if you have your bible you have your phone whatever it is or if you don't have either one of those and you just want to uh, just uh, follow with us up on the screen we're going to read about eight verses there in John chapter 15 John chapter 15 I am the true vine I'm waiting I'm waiting here we go I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser and every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Now I think there's no doubt um, what our Heavenly Father is really desiring from every one of us, from every Christian. As you read this passage of Scripture, I think it's it's pretty clear that the Lord's greatest desire is for all Christians to be fruitful. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, He wants every Christian to be fruitful. That's His desire. And so inside this metaphor of the vineyard that Jesus uses in this in this passage in John 15... Jesus helps us understand our role, and he helps us understand our responsibility of bearing fruit for him. And so from this metaphor, we learn that Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. Now, just to clarify, the vine, you know, I used to think whenever I thought of the vine, I thought of the whole plant. I wish we'd have taken time to find one on the internet to throw up on the screen. But you know, You know, I don't know if you've ever been... We don't have vineyards here in South Louisiana, but how many of you have been in a vineyard? You've been close to a vineyard. You've saw a vineyard. Well, if you've been into a vineyard, you know that the vine is really... The vine isn't the long trailing limbs that sprawl along the trellis of a vineyard, but rather the vine is the trunk of the plant that grows out of the vine, out of the ground. That's the vine. It's the trunk that comes out of the ground. So Jesus is the vine. He's the trunk that comes out of the ground. Number two, from this metaphor, we learn that our heavenly Father is the vine dresser or the vineyard keeper. The vine dresser is the keeper of the vineyard and his job is to tend to the vineyard and produce as much fruit, produce as many pounds of grapes as he possibly can in the vineyard. By properly caring and tending to each branch and each vine that's in the vineyard. And then finally, from this metaphor, we know that Christians are the branches. We're the branches. Uh, in the vineyard, the branches are the primary focus of the vine dresser. The primary focus. His efforts are spent tending to the branches. And making sure they're healthy so they can actually produce much fruit. How many of you know that there's no grapes without healthy, productive branches? That's the only way. It's the branches that produce the fruit. And so the vine dresser tends to all of the branches to making sure that they can produce fruit, some grapes. So the vine dresser, our Heavenly Father lovingly cultivates each branch or each Christian so that they will bear as much fruit as possible. Amen? Now think about that. Think about for a moment, let's just imagine that we're all standing in a vineyard. We're all standing in a grove. And every one of us is a branch. And our Heavenly Father is walking around this place tending to every one of us trying to keep care of His branches so that He can produce a lot of grapes or fruit in His vineyard. Are you getting it? Now, what kind of fruit is our Heavenly Father really looking for? I mean, I know He's not looking for grapes, right? He created something else to produce that. There are three kinds of fruit our Father, I believe, is looking for. Obviously, there's the outward fruit of winning souls. Matthew four nineteen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fisher of men. You know, these disciples, they were fishermen, and that they caught fish for a living. And Jesus says, you're going to catch a different kind of fish. I'm going to use you to win people to Christ. Amen. So God has called every one of us to be fruit producers by helping introduce and helping others come to Christ. Y'all got it? If you got it, say, I got it. But then there is the outward fruit of doing good works. In Titus 3.14, it says, And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. Now, in practical terms, the fruit of good works really is an action, a thought, an attitude. It's really anything and everything that helps or encourages others and by their, by thus glorifying our Father. So every day we can be doing good work. How many of you know you can do good works and then you can do bad works? Amen? Now, I, I know before I got saved, I did a lot of bad works. In fact, even though I am saved, sometimes I do bad works. Can I get a witness Y'all don't leave me hanging here. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But the Lord is looking for what? He's looking for good works, right? And then there's the inward fruit of Christ's likeness. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. One of the most important kinds of fruit that we can produce in our lives is Christ likeness, right? The spiritual fruit of Christ likeness only happens as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. These are descriptive terms of who Jesus is. And the only way we can become Christ-like is we got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life because in and of our own, we cannot produce Christ-likeness. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Y'all believe that this morning? And so the entire purpose of living fruitful lives is really to bring glory and honor to Jesus. To bring glory and honor to the Father. Amen? That's what he said. And so... John fifteen eight says, when you bear or produce much fruit, my father is honored and glorified. You know, the reality is we can walk around and make Jesus look good or we can walk around and make Jesus look bad as representatives of him. Are y'all with me out there? But the Lord wants us to walk around and make people think, I gotta have Jesus. I wanna serve the Lord because what I see, I gotta have that in my life. Amen. So the whole purpose of our life is to produce fruit. Why? To honor and glorify our heavenly Father. Amen. Now, the reason we're called into his kingdom was for the purpose of producing fruit. You John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last. You know, some people wonder, why did God put me on this planet? Why am I here? I mean, you know, you got people that are musicians and people that are, you know, uh, plumbers and electricians and teachers and doctors. But But who am I? And what does God put me here for? I can tell you why God put you here. God put you here. To produce fruit. And if you will accept God's calling on your life, you will begin to enjoy life like you have never enjoyed life before. Because you can be a doctor and make a lot of money and want to go out and jump off a cliff because you're not happy with life. Listen, true fulfillment comes when you just do what God has called you To do. Amen. Come on. Y'all help me preach this morning. Is that right? Saints of God. So listen, the common purpose we all share as Christians is the responsibility of producing fruit in the kingdom of God. So therefore bearing fruit should be the number one ambition and goal of our life. You know, here in America, it's not, that's normally not the typical American dream and goal and ambition is to produce fruit for the Lord. It's to make money, to get power, prestige, and all those kinds of things. But really, as Christians, the number one goal and ambition of our life should be to produce fruit. Question, are we producing fruit in our lives? Is there fruit? If somebody examined, followed us around, can they find fruit on the vine? According to the metaphor of the the metaphor of the vine and the vine dresser in John 15, there are really four levels of fruit producers. Number one, first level is those who bear no fruit. John 15 two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away some. Now I think we can all deduct from this verse that some branches are Christians in the vineyard have no fruit in their lives. Not every Christian is producing fruit. That's not very encouraging, is it? The second level of fruit producers are those who bear some fruit. John 15, 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every, fran- every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, this is uh, nothing to get real excited about. You know, they got a little fruit. They got some fruit. So apparently some Christians in, in the Lord's vineyard are producing some fruit. Hey, listen, it's nothing to get real excited about, but at least it's better than another guy who's producing no fruit. Amen? And so the third level of fruit producers are those who bear more fruit. In verse 2 Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now that's a little better, amen? Come on, how many of you want to at least be more fruit producer, amen? Some Christians are growing. They're getting better at producing fruit. And we should, right? We should be getting better at producing fruit in our life. You know, they begin producing more fruit than they've ever produced before. And there's some people in this room, you're growing in your fruitfulness in your life. Hey, you're not maybe, you know, you might not have all these clusters of grapes on your branch. But praise God, you got at least some grapes, Amen. You got some grapes. You know, one time maybe they couldn't find any grapes on your branch at all, but praise God, if you look close enough, you're going to see some grapes on that branch. Amen. So those who bear more fruit. And then there's the fourth level of fruit fruit, fruit producers. Those who bear much fruit. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So now according to John 15, some of the branches... In God's kingdoms, they bear a whole lot of fruit. Amen. Now, how many of you believe that that's the goal of the vine dresser? He don't want to walk around in that vineyard and come up to a vine and look at that branch. And they ain't got no fruit on it. Come on. He wants to walk around that vineyard and every branch he puts his hand on. He looks at it. And there's some there's some grapes right there. Amen. Now, whenever you think about this. This is the goal of every branch or Christian in God's kingdom is to produce much fruit. Whenever I think about somebody that produces a lot of fruit in their life, let me just kind of draw you a picture. I think it's someone who has the temperament and demeanor of Christ's likeness in their life. When you get around them and you talk to them, you hang around with them, man, you're going to experience the love of God. Amen? Amen. How many of you believe that? That's a good sign right there. I think some of, uh, I think of someone who is always reaching out and encouraging others, quick to serve people everywhere they go. They just have that servant's heart where they just look to see who they can help in life. How many of you believe that that's a good sign of, of that, right? And then third, I think someone who is constantly ministering to people and trying to help people get to know Jesus. How many of you believe that's a good sign? This is a picture of fruitfulness. Now, do you know any Christians like that? Do you have an idea? Whenever I think about that, do you get a picture of somebody like that? You know, I, I can think, I think that, you know, really, that should be the description of all of us, really. Right? I mean, if we truly walk in and following God, it should be the description of all of us. Now, let me ask you a question. Which level of fruitfulness would best describe you? Are you the one that has no fruit, the one that has some fruit, the one that's growing and has more and more fruit in his life or somebody that has much fruit? How much fruit is taking place in your life right now? Remember, the father's goal is to always increase the level of our fruitfulness in our life. And so whenever you think about it, day by day, as we're living our life, as we're going about, you know, and we said yes to Jesus and we're serving him. And sometimes we think that he's not on the planet, but he is on the planet. And you are a branch on his planet and he's walking around on his planet and he wants to help you become more fruitful. Amen. He wants to increase your fruitfulness in your life. How many of you think that's a great idea? Well, I hope you still do after we keep going. Amen. So how does the Lord increase the level of fruitfulness in our life? How does he do it? Well, John 15 really tells us. He increases our level of fruitfulness by first disciplining us. In John 15, too, he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, I always read that to say he cut that branch off, he threw it in the fire of hell. Come on, how many of you have read it like that, too? You know, now, notice this verse says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he takes away. Now, apparently, I think from reading that, you could see that you can be in him, like be a Christian, and not produce fruit. So what does the Lord do with a non-fruit-producing Christian? Well, John 15, 2 says, He takes it away, or He takes away. The proper translation of that phrase really means is is, He takes up, or He lifts up. Somebody years ago did a teaching on just this, and and this is the picture. When a young tender plant is attended to, or a young tender branch, is attended to, on the vine, it begins to fall off the trellis. And what happens is it falls into the dirt where it starts lacking sunlight. It gets soiled from the dirt and the rain. And eventually, that branch gets diseased from the dirt and the dark environment that it's in. And it hinders that branch from being able to produce fruit. So the vine dresser has to discipline that branch. And what he does, he picks it up, he cleans it up and he reties it to the trellis. And then when it and then once it's off the ground and it dries up and it's clean, it gets sunlight, all of a sudden that branch that wasn't producing fruit now begins to produce fruit. And that's the job of the vine dresser. He goes looking for branches that are on the ground now. This, the, the, uh, the spiritual application of this is when we as branches are not producing fruit, it's normally because we've been soiled with sin, which causes us to live in dark places and become spiritually sick and diseased, hindering us from producing fruit. You remember I said, uh, in maybe week one or week two, that we all have the DNA to produce fruit. Well, if we all have the DNA, and we've all been given the power, the equipping, why is it that some of us are not producing fruit? Some of us are laying on the ground, spiritually speaking. So the vine dresser has to discipline us by using some sort of measure, painful measure mostly, to humble us and bring us to a place of repentance. Then eventually we become cleansed, healed, and in a position to be fruitful again. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 5. says, think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child. The Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. How many of you know the Lord spanks? You know a lot of people don't believe in spanking. The Lord does. And I will prove it to you in just a little while. Here's the lesson. If we allow a major sin our ungodly attitudes and behaviors to creep into our life and stay in our life, the Lord will be faithful to bring us through a season of discipline. Now listen, what I'm telling you right now, saints of God, you're not going to hear this in a lot of churches. And I'm not trying to lift myself up or this church. But I'm telling you, some people don't believe in the spanking of the Lord. Some people, the Lord is too loving to spank you. Well, if you love your child, you're not going to let him play on Ambassador Caffrey. You're going to put your hand to his hiney and get him off of that, Ambassador Caffrey. Come on, are you all following me out there? The Lord will discipline. And the reason he allows us to go through discipline is he knows we'll never be fruitful as long as we stay in that spiritually unhealthy state. And Remember, his mission is to produce fruit to get grapes out of the vineyard. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 5 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are responded, or excuse me, reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. Do you remember what scourging means? you remember what that means? And verse 6 says, And he scourges every son whom he receives. That sounds like a spanking to me. So listen, we learn three important truths about the Lord here in this passage. Number one is the Lord disciplines all of his children. Hebrews 12, 5 says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Verse 6 says, For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Now, how many of his children does he love? So how many of his children does he discipline? He disciplines all of His children that He loves. So we know that we go through discipline at times because He loves us enough to do it. Amen? But secondly, we we must remember the Lord's motivation for disciplining us is always love. It's always love. For those whom the Lord loves He disciplines. So His motivation to discipline us is never because He's angry or He's in a fit of rage or for selfish reasons. He always disciplines us just like we as parents want to discipline our children for their good. Amen? So then the third lesson we learned here is His purpose for disciplining us is always for our our own good. In verse 10, for our earthly fathers discipline us For a few years. Doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline. Is always good for us. So that we might share in his. Holiness. There's the fruit right there. No discipline is enjoyable. While it's happening. It's painful. But afterward. There will be a peaceful harvest. Of right living. For those who are trained. In this way. So remember the Lord's purpose. For disciplining his children. Is to bring unfruitful children to a place of fruitfulness. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this and I was thinking it it didn't take me long to recall some spankings from the Lord. You know, once you understand God's way of loving you, then you can see it. But I remember whenever I first started on church here, I was the youth pastor, associate pastor. I was the chaplain for the school and I would do all the chapel services for the school. And, um, miss Sarah, is here. I know she was in that service. We had a chapel service, and we were going through a time of prayer and fasting. And I'm telling you, the spirit of God fell in that chapel service. See Don and Kathy here. One of their daughters, she got so touched by God, she didn't know where which way to go. I mean, I, I got concerned about it. I mean, God's glory fell. Children were praying for children, and they were praying in unknown tongues. And people, this people, uh, children were slain all over. It was amazing. And word got out that God moved so powerfully in this chapel service. in homeschool parents would call and said, can we bring our children to chapel service? And, and man, we there was great anticipation for the next chapel service. And man, the room was full. People were standing up. And I got up there. And I'm telling you, God was so far away from that chapel service, we couldn't find him with a magnifying glass. And I walked back to my office after that chapel service. I said, oh, God, what happened? And he said, you got prideful. And I needed to spank you to teach you. You can't be prideful when I use you. Wow. Do you think some people are getting hurt today? That some people are experiencing hardship today and they don't recognize that it's God spanking? That He's just trying to get them right so that they can experience His love and His grace and be fruitful in their life? I think He is. What about you? Wow. The Lord has to sometime allow us to go through the painful experience of discipline so He can prepare us for greater usefulness and fruitfulness in His kingdom. You see, I think that somehow people that come sit in church here, they sit there and they listen to you and say, I don't believe that. I accept that. I don't accept that. I make God who I want him to be. And I can live my life like I want to live. And you don't tell me what to do, buddy. I can tell you this. You're not going to be fruitful if you don't do it God's way. And if you really are one of God's children, you can expect to be spanked by him because he's going to get you off of Ambassador Caffrey and out of the world. And he's going to get you in the pews of his kingdom and in his family so you can be fruitful and fruit in story. Amen. Come on, you all receive that today? The second way the Lord increases fruitfulness in our life is he increases our level of fruitfulness by pruning us. And that's what verse 2 says. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that they may bear more fruit. Did you catch that? He prunes every branch that's bearing fruit. Well, I'm bearing some fruit. Don't you see the grapes in my life? Why you got them shears? (laughs) You know, you know, prune means to thin, to reduce or to cut off. What you messing with me for? At least I got some grapes in my life. And listen, this is the picture. The picture is this. If the vine dresser notices a branch bearing fruit but not a lot of fruit, the vine dresser will then start cutting away unnecessary shoots and branches regardless of how vigorous and unhealthy or or how healthy they may seem. So the vine dresser has to thin the vine by cutting away every unnecessary branch on the vine. Anything hindering the plant and taken away from its ability to produce more fruit has to be cut away so it can bring or so it can begin using its energy and nutrients to produce grapes. Amen. And that those of you that have, you know, orange trees, citrus trees, you're a gardener, you know, tomato plants, you break off some of those suckers because that tree's going to have so many suckers. It's going to suck all the life out of the tomato plant and you won't have any tomatoes. So, you got to prune it, right? And here's the spiritual application the Lord will try to convince us to cut away any preoccupations and priorities in our lives that are draining our precious time and energy and keeping us from being more fruitful in our life. Jesus said, Remember when he told the parable about the seeds and he said one of those seeds wasn't fruitful. In verse 22, he said, the one whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choked the word and it becomes unfruitful. Sometimes the simple distractions of life is all that it takes to keep us from being unfruitful. So God, as the vine dresser, he wants to come in and begin pruning us by dealing with us and encouraging us to let go of some things in our life or change some priorities in our life that are keeping us from being productive or growing in our walk with Him. You know, pruning can be as simple as rearranging your daily priorities, letting go of some selfish habits, changing your attitude, making a fresh commitment to do something you told God you would do years ago. Amen? So here's the lesson. Just wrong priorities, bad habits, or loss of focus in your life can keep you from being unfruitful in your life. So the vine dresser just, he just nudges us. He won't take our arm and twist it and hold it behind our back. So you're going to quit doing that or I'm going to, you know, no, he won't do that. He's going to say, Hey, you want to be more fruitful? Change this. He's gentle. He's not this this strong, you know, like this mean God that if you won't do it, I'm going to take your head off, buddy. That's not who God is. He's gentle. And he says, look, man, you want to be more fruitful. I remember, you know, I was praying, Lord, I want to be more fruitful. I want to grow in my walk with God. And I was reading a book. And I read in this book and it says, listen, you know, you know, people say they want to grow. And I say, if you really want to grow, then make the sacrifices you need to grow. And he says, you know, I tell people I read this book and I learned this from reading this. And, and they say, where do you find the time to read this book and listen to that and all that? He said, it's simple. He said, I just quit watching so much TV. And I have an incredible amount of time to read and to listen and to grow in my walk with God. And the Lord said, there's your answer, Todd, right there. If you want to grow, there's your answer. Don't watch TV as much. Come on. Am I meddling with anybody here yet? So listen, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord this question. Lord, what do you want to cut away or change in my life so that I can be more fruitful? Just ask him that. You want to be more fruitful, right? Just ask him, Lord, what do you want to prune? What do you want to cut out of my life? Because listen, remember, he prunes those that have fruit. He just wants you to have more fruit. Amen? Now, the third way the Lord increases fruitfulness in our life is he increases our level of fruitfulness by intensifying the pruning process. Oh, what? That's really encouraging. I came to church to be encouraged today, buddy. But Listen, once he's done, done cutting things away in our life, He starts cutting more. And listen to this. John 15.2 says, Every branch that he does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So listen, if a little pruning increases our level of fruitfulness, more pruning will multiply our level of fruitfulness. Did you know that growers prune uh, their vineyards more intensely as they age? The older a vineyard is, which means the vine is thicker, the branches go longer. The older a vineyard is, the more the vine dresser has to prune that vineyard. Whenever there's a young vineyard, there's not as much pruning to do. If And so listen, the reason that the aged vines, um, the reason why they have to prune the aged vines is because the vine's ability to produce growth increases each year. But without intensive pruning, the plant weakens and the crop diminishes. And, you know, I've noticed that. If you get an orange, like you plant an orange tree, whenever it's young, you know, it might produce a few oranges. But in the next four or five years, you could see the, the branch, the, the vine, the the, tr- the trunk On that orange tree growing. And man, come springtime, that baby's taking off, man. If it was three feet last year, now it's going to be five feet. It's, I mean, the thicker that, that stump gets, the more that thing grows. And man, I tell you, whenever you got, get ready to prune that orange tree, you better get your saw out, man. They got a lot of branches to cut. But man, you know what? That thing will produce more fruit than you ever thought it could produce. And so, you know, so so here's the principle. More, more mature branches must be pruned harder to to achieve maximum yields. While early pruning is mostly about our outward activities, priorities and habits, mature pruning is about our values, our faith, our attitudes, our identity. I think the second level of pruning starts to deal with our heart. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, and needing nothing. Severe and mature pruning is really about the testing of our faith. And our faith is tested through various trials and tribulations. And those various trials and tribulations will produce in us. It will cause our faith to grow. It will develop in us not just knowing about God, but just having a deep understanding about God, a deep trust in God that we cannot be moved, we cannot be shaken because we've endured the test of time. Psalm 66, 10 says, For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver as refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. Amen? So the lesson is, the greater the testing, the greater the possibility of developing tremendous fruitfulness in your life. Amen? And listen, uh, Peter says, "The more you are persecuted, the more you endure, the more you struggle, the more you have to fight the, f- the- The fight of faith, the more the anointing of God is going to be on your life, the more the grace of God and things that were hard for you to do in the past will be easy for you to do now because God's presence is in your life in a greater way. So every trial you go through and everything you're you're dealing with, start counting it joy and say, Lord, you're increasing my anointing. Lord, you're increasing my fruitfulness. There's no telling what I might do for you. Amen. Yes, and then fourth and finally, the Lord increases our fruitfulness by teaching us how to abide in him. John 15:4 says, "Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches; he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." Wow. Ten times in six verses, Jesus says, abide, 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 abide. You know, the only limitation of the amount of sap and nutrients that goes from the vine to the fruit is the circumference of the branch where it meets the vine. And so the branch with the largest and least obstructed connection with the vine will have the greatest potential for a huge crop. And so after they've gotten through After we've gotten through the discipline and the pruning and the testing. The Lord, he's looking at the plants and he's teaching them. He's saying, you see this vineyard, you see this vine? You want to be fruitful? This is how you do it. You know, whenever I want to produce more fruit, I I prune. and, And I lift up and I get it off the ground. I clean it up. This is how I increase. And then he ends and he says, now, listen, if you really want to be a fruit producer in your life. You see that? You see that vine, how it's in the soil? See this branch, how it's connected to that that vine? If you want to produce fruit, you must stay connected to the vine. You must. Because if you cut that branch off, that vine, and you put it aside, you can come in a week, a month, a year, you are not going to find fruit on it. You're going to see it tearing away. You're going to see it wasting away. You're going to see it rotting away. And that is the way it is with you, my children. If you don't stay connected to me, tapped into me, you're going to be like a dead branch. And you're not going to produce nothing in your life. I mean, that's a clear picture, isn't it? Wow. Abide means to remain, to stay closely connected, to settle in for long term. Abiding is an imperative. It's not a suggestion. Jesus didn't say, think about it. And if you want to do it, do it. He's saying, listen, if you want to be fruitful, you have to abide in me. And so the spiritual application is this. Our level of fruitfulness is totally dependent on the effort and priority of growing deeper in our relationship with Jesus. That's the bottom line. You know, listen, I was thinking about this and I was thinking if somebody in this room today feels like God is not using them and they have not been fruitful for God. If you will make this change in your life and you will start every day setting your alarm clock earlier if you have to, so you can spend a half hour to an hour of time reading the Bible and talking to God. I, if you don't become more fruitful in your life, God's a liar. Because He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and I abide in you, you maybe will bear fruit. No, what did He say? You what? You what? You what? will bear fruit. How many of you know you can go to the bank with that one right there? Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So nobody in this room can use the excuse that I can't bear fruit. Yes, just tap into the vine, man. You're going to bear fruit. Amen. People are going to say, you are so kind. Why? Why are you so peaceful? Why is this joy all over you? They're going to start making comments and you're going to snicker and you're going to walk away going, praise the Lord, man. It's the fruit of the Lord in my life. Come on. Are y'all hearing me out there? Isn't this awesome? This is great. Amen. So listen, we need to learn. Here's the lesson. If we want to truly live a life of multiplication and fruitfulness, we must make a priority of abiding, remaining, and staying closely connected to the Lord. Amen? To abide more fully in Him, we have to make greater priority of spending time with Him. To abide more fully in Him, we have to deepen our quality of time with Him. It has to be undistracted and unhurried to abide more fully in Him. We have to increase our spiritual disciplines that deepen our relationship with Him. Like Bible reading and prayer and Scripture memorization and worship and those kinds of things. And I know if we'll make those adjustments in our life, whenever the vine dresser starts walking around and he gets to us as a branch, he's going to look at us and say, I see grapes. I see grapes. I see fruit. Amen. Now listen, don't get discouraged if you feel a little pain because he pulled the pruners out. Amen. Be encouraged because he's only bringing you to a place where you're going to become more and more fruitful in the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on, y'all receive this today. Come on, let's stand up and let's close in prayer. Let's just take a moment to just ask the Lord to seal this word in our heart today. We talked about four different ways that we can grow or increase our fruitfulness. First, the first one was. We got to go through discipline. Maybe you're here today and you've been going through a lot and you're binding the devil. And it's not the devil at all. It's God. He's allowing you to feel some pain in your life because he's trying to lift you off of the ground. He's trying to get you out of that place that's unhealthy for you. And he's just trying to motivate you and encourage you to get up and to move on. I don't know who that is, but maybe you're here today and God's speaking to you. God's just saying, hey, look, just submit to the pruning. Maybe some of you in here, the Lord has been dealing with you and saying, you know, you want more of me. You want to grow. Well, come on. There's some things that's stealing all your time. There's things that's wasting your life that just not really matters. And I want to change those things about your life because I want your life to be more fruitful. I want your life to be more valuable. I want you to be more fulfilled. And so maybe he's just trying to change some priorities, change some habits. Change some attitudes because he wants you to be more fruitful. And then maybe there's some of you in here that man, you've been doing good. You don't know why you're going through all these trials. Man, I've been serving the Lord faithfully. Why am I doing all this? Listen, count it all joy, count it a privilege that God sees. Enough in you that He's willing you to test your faith, grow your faith, strengthen your faith. He sees in you the ability to do a whole lot more. So just just thank Him for giving you the grace to get through it and begin to thank Him for the fruit that is beginning to come about in your life as you go through these tough trials and tribulations in your life. Amen. And then maybe there's some of you that you just... It's time to get back to tapping into the vine. Maybe for some of you, it's just time to just get back. Come on, dust off that Bible and start reading that Bible again. I know you've read it all. I know you know what it says. But God says you need a daily dose of His Word. You need a daily, you need a daily diet of His principles. And maybe for some of you, you just need to, come on, make some shifts in your life. Make some changes in your life. Come on, you don't have to stay in that pit. You can come out if you will just discipline yourself to get reconnected and abide in the vine. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that God, you would release your grace over this place. Lord, we want to increase in fruitfulness in our life and Lord every one of us is at a different place and God I pray that you would tailor Lord one point of this message to touch our hearts so that God we can become more fruitful and increase in our life thank you Lord Jesus now listen before we go you might be here this morning and you've never got into the vineyard. You don't know that you're a Christian. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. He's not even tending your branch because you've never really got into his family. But you're here today and the reason you're here today is you're hungry for God. You want to draw closer to God and that's why you're here and you're ready to surrender all and you're ready to give your life to Christ. If that's you today, if that's your prayer, I want you to just acknowledge it by raising your hand because I want to pray especially prayer for you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Sir, I see your hand. Hey, listen. This is your hour. This is your day. Anybody else? Just raise it real high. Don't be bashful. Don't be ashamed. Don't be timid. Don't be fearful. Sir, young man, I see your hand. Anybody else? Now listen, come on. This is God sending you a lifeline. Now listen, those of you that have your hands raised, if you're serious about this, I want you to slip right out of the pew and come up here. Come up here at the altar right now. Just come on. Step right out and come meet me right here. Come on, ma'am. I'm waiting for you. Come on. Come on. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your opportunity right here. This is your opportunity. Come on down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, young man. Take that walk. You know, listen, this is hard whenever you stand up in the front of a group of people and you do this. But listen, if you can't stand up for Jesus in church, you'll never do it out there. Amen. Come on. You got to You gotta be serious about your commitment for Jesus. Amen. Man, I am. Uh, I applaud you young man this young man taking this step ma'am I applaud you for taking this step that's what I'm talking about right there serious about serving the Lord amen come on Christianity isn't for sissies amen it's for mighty men and women that are ready to live their lives for Christ amen thank you Father God thank you Lord Jesus come on man come on we're going to wait for you come on Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know, hey, listen. I know y'all couldn't hear it, but applause just happened in heaven. Come on, a great shout just went on in heaven. Come on, ma'am. There you go. There's more. There's more applause. Come on, there's more shout. The angels are saying, yes, 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 yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now listen, just bow your head and your heart with me. And the Bible says you must confess Jesus. So I want you to just repeat these words with me. Just say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. I know that I'm a sinner. But I know you forgive. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse my heart? Of all sin. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Jesus help me. To live the Christian life. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Congratulations. Listen, if you stay up here just for a moment, we're going to have some folks come get some information, give you a Bible if you need one, and give you some stuff to help you get started on this journey. Amen? Come on, let's welcome them into the family of God. Amen. Okay, let's pray. I want to close and just ask God's blessing on you, Father. I pray your blessing, your hand of grace and favor on each person, each heart, each life that's here. God, I pray that you break darkness and break evil off of each family and each person that's in this room today. And God, may your love, your grace, and your joy just flood their heart today as they leave. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.